0: welcome to sound and vision conversations with contemporary artists and musicians about the creative process here's the host of sound and vision brian alfred sound and vision is sponsored by golden artist colors based in upstate new york golden makes the best art materials you can get from acrylics to oils, watercolors and mediums, and more, Golden will help you make the best you can make in the studio. Check out their art supplies at your local art store or on goldenpaints.com. Sound and Vision is sponsored by Fulcrum Coffee Roasters. Check out their subscription service where you can have their amazing coffee delivered to your door. Fulcrum keeps me well caffeinated in the studio and And on podcasts, and I love the variety of coffee I get and the quality of every bag. Check them out at fulcrumcoffee.com and get 10% off your order by entering the code AlfredStudio when you buy your coffee on their site. Why I Make Art, the Sound and Vision podcast book, is now out. It's 336 pages of images, quotes, artist features, sketches from the guest book, and more. You can buy it anywhere you get books, and it's published by Altilier Editions. The link to purchase the book is on the Sound and Vision website, soundandvisionpodcast.com. Ariel Dill is a painter born in Los Angeles, California, who received an MFA from Hunter College, New York in 2006 and a BA from Skidmore College in New York in 1998. She lives and works in Los Angeles. Her solo exhibitions include Four O'Clocks at Ladies Room in Los Angeles, Cosmic Springs at Turn Gallery in New York, Oscillations at South First Gallery in Brooklyn. And group exhibitions include Ten Sentences at Turn Gallery in New York. Safe Gallery in Brooklyn, Loyal Gallery in Stockholm, Sweden, Edward Thorpe Gallery in New York, Jack Hanley Gallery in New York, Halsey McKay Gallery in East Hampton, Nicole Clagsburn in New York, Alderman Exhibitions in Chicago, and South First in Brooklyn. Her work has been reviewed in publications including The New Yorker, Time Out New York, The New York Observer, and Modern Painters. She's been awarded at New York Foundation for the Arts Painting Fellowship and is included in the Alex Katz Foundation collection. I spoke with Ariel about the value of light, New York versus LA, artist parents, art history, then making art, and much more. Here's our conversation. So you're in Los Angeles, and you know you could very well be in like Bushwick right now. But just the fact that I know you're in LA and like see green out the window, it's a nice vibe. I put this
1: for you. The paint,
0: yeah, yeah, and the painting looks nice. It seems. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I
1: feel like I moved here recently, but again, like my laptop is. I moved here in 2018. January of 2018. I know. I I, mean, got, I grew up here.
0: I got the scoop from your dealer.
1: Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs>
0: she gave me some background information, which was nice.
1: Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's... It's... Uh, it happened... I went back to New York about two years after we, I moved. And then the pandemic happened. And then I just went back in May for a week. So... Yeah, I guess it has been some time.
0: Well, it's A, <laughs> a lot's happened. Yeah, it's been a momentous <laughs> mm-hmm. time. So, but you've basically between, because judging by your school, your higher education, mm-hmm. you've spent New York time. So you are gone the coasts. Yeah, I guess coasts.
1: sort of the majority of adulthood. I mean, from about 18 to 40. Yeah. In New York? So, that long? Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, so... Uh, how did that go? New
1: York, uh, upstate New York.
0: Oh, okay, so it's a little, it's a little really different. No. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 you did.
1: <laughs> and then back to LA in between, and then moved to New York in two thousand.
0: Yeah. Wow! So, and you grew up in LA mm-hmm. proper
1: in Venice. Oh
0: yeah. wow! In Venice. Yep. How did that Venice. happen? What? What? Born
1: was, and yeah, like I think the first place I lived was the boardwalk. <laughs> Like That's, literally on Venice Beach,
0: were your parents so.
1: my dad <laughs> and my mother and father are artists <laughs> there you go, yep, it's like how do I do us like how do I do this podcast and not it's like a whole thing about you know, oh, should we skip it just pretend no, like you can't, it's so part of my history, you know,
0: let's just make it up. your parents were uh pharmacists, <laughs> all right, yeah, that explains the alchemy,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it's it's like, um, you know, it was a life. That was the life. It's so. I grew up in Venice, and um, then from there, my mom. My mom's English. My father is a local, L.A. person. Like, grew up in Malibu, actually. Wow. Um, Lifers. Well, yeah. he is. Yeah, yeah, he is. But they met in New York, so. And then he brought, he was convinced her to come back.
0: How does it, how do you feel about it? Um, because that's inside baseball, um, like artist couples.
1: Yeah. Cause then I went into one too. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of said, I'm never going to do it. And then I did it <laughs> just like I said, I didn't want to be an artist. And well, I
0: every kid of an artist. artist has to go through no matter what they do. Right. It's just. I mean, every time like,
1: you go anywhere with them, you're someone's like, "Are you going to be an artist uh, when you go no You way. know?" It's, yeah. So I was like, "No way!" Right.
0: No. Marine biologist. No here I come.
1: Yeah. So, I had, and plus, I think, I yeah, it was just all all it ever really was was fear of not making money. Yeah, and that's <laughs> like part of it, right? That it was always that was the conversation often besides being, it, it was a great life. Cause some, it's just feast or famine though. Right. So
0: you feast on the ability to do what you want to do and call your own shots and you have famine yeah. on no food.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, but my, my parents, parents, my father in particular did, it was rather successful. Yeah. So it was more just like there still was that anxiety, right. you know, it's,
0: yeah no matter how well you do, I think, unless yeah. you're like that one percent, yeah, there's end. no guarantee, and you know everyone knows who's been an artist for a while that things are cyclical, you know that's gonna you're gonna yeah. have your ups and downs, you know, yeah. even the biggest you know like even Coons and Stella right. and whoever for a while that's like, uh, that guy, that lady, you there's know always
1: talk of like. There's a recession. You know, it's like that kind of thing. So to be dependent on that, I think, turned me off a lot. Uh, And
0: At an early age, that's a pragmatic look at it from a young age. No,
1: I don't think it was really that. But I think the idea of finding, I think that it was more about wanting my own, wanting my own thing that they didn't know about. And I had to discover it. So I think going to New York was the only way I could have done it. You had to get I out. Have, I had to get out. Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, I to... even though you might have said to yourself, well, I don't want to do what they're doing because they're both doing yeah. it.
1: I mean, I thought I I went to school and I didn't know what thing I wanted to major in. And eventually it was like, oh, my God, I love the slide. I love being quizzed on the slides. I just had that kind of, it just was amazing to me. So I just went crazy in art history. Like I just loved it because of that visual connection. Cause that's what I'd always done. Everything was, I had a huge visual memory.
0: Yeah. You're seeing all the time.
1: Yeah. So that was what I found. And then I realized that I don't want to be the one writing about it. Right. Right. <laughs> like, I don't love writing. I don't love, I liked it, but I found it. I, I wanted to, to be making. Right. So, yeah.
0: Well, but, you know, did you, do you feel like there's, because now as a parent, there's a little bit of that adage of like, you know, you spend your whole youth trying to push away from your parents. And then a certain you, you blink. And at one point you wake up and you're like, Oh my God, I'm like saying the same things. And I'm oh. You know, and you, you did that career-wise as well. I mean, I, my dad was a truck driver, so I, I didn't, you know, go that route. So I, art was like a very different thing, but you, you doubled down. I envy down.
1: that, that you, I mean, you must have such a clear, that's so clear. To me, it's like, it's literally the family business. Right. Because on my mom's side, her grandparents <laughs> were all sculptors and like really prominent ones like Victorian era weird that's so yeah. that's
0: so rare it's not like it's they're so, dairy farmers it's or something <laughs> yeah they no, were, they all were like
1: they did like there's a sculpture called the um Bodicea and it's and then there's like one of Oliver Cromwell and it's like the father did one and the, son, the and, you know they're in the National Gallery it's just like it was so normal right that it felt yeah, muddy it was yeah it's like what am i what am i right what am i doing this because it's there am i doing so i had to work that out I had well to really find it.
0: to make you feel better the grass is always greener because you had that <laughs> like oh it must be so clear dad drove trucks but then it was like there was no one to talk to about or there was no sense no, of
1: and he didn't say oh okay i get it i get that you want to be an artist
0: yeah he was just like yeah. Well, he, had suit. he was at, they were, my parents were really cool in the fact that they were, just do it, like, because they were, they didn't have a lot of money, I mean, you know, they were like, just do what you want to do, just work hard at it, basically. Yeah. So, which was yeah. fine. But I mean, there's it. a lot of other people who, I can imagine parents who were truck drivers who like, art, what the hell? You know what I mean? Right. Go do something where you can get paid. Don't do what right. I I do, you know. But they were cool about it. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I think that's a lucky, when you get parents who support what you do or who are okay with it, it's lucky. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that happens that often. And, you know, it's just because they care about you. They don't want you to starve to death, you know?
1: Well, I think when you have parents that are in a creative field, a lot of times they're like, "Uh, don't do that. Right. There's like,
0: (laughs) there's a lot of bumps in the road.
1: And there's a lot of like, what you accomplish isn't that spectacular. Right in a sense it's like yeah you did that you know yeah. there's something no, I know what you mean. Nor- normal about it so
0: it's funny though that if you think deeply about it the parents are thinking like oh don't go do that thing that's going to be hard you're not going to make a lot of money go do the thing that you'll be miserable at and yeah. will like you'll rue rue every day of your life mm-hmm. but you'll be able to afford like netflix
1: right <laughs> and like dentist dental insurance or
0: yeah and then there's the parents who will, like it's status I know some of those, yeah, too, yeah. where it's like, well, we but, want to say our kid's a doctor. Not because yeah. we want them to go out and save lives or whatever. Just makes
1: them seem like they did it Yeah,
0: like job. you nailed it. Look at your kid. I know. But your parents don't have that because...
1: <laughs> they can't. they Yeah, what are they yeah, going to yeah, say? They gonna say? <laughs> oh,
0: they went to do what I did. Yeah, <laughs> And most yeah. artists feel, as hard as it is, I feel like most artists who've dedicated their life to it feel like it was kind of like a... Like a good decision. Like, I'm doing something good. Well, they go,
1: yeah, they go, well, my, the refrains, they couldn't have done anything else. They couldn't, he couldn't have had a normal job. He couldn't have, you know, there was nothing else. That was always like in teaching. Can anyone hear? When my dad would talk about teaching, can anyone hear? Like, do you have another option?
0: (laughs) Is there a plan (laughs) B here?
1: And then if anyone raised there and like, you should probably do it,
0: you know. Oh, that's so so funny. It's like the, The sort of stereotype so. of all the art students being rejects. Like, they, well, you're not right. like, yeah, nothing else yeah. you could do. Exactly. It's like you got to do this. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I switched from pre-med to, to painting, you know. Well, not See, directly.
1: have, you, you could have done something. I, yeah. I think, all of us probably could have. Uh, of course, yeah.
0: I mean, yeah. if you're good at being creative, you probably could have channeled that creativity into exactly. a myriad of options. Because really, yeah. any... any Thing that's successful, like any company, any person, business, whatever, they have to be creative. There has to be a creative mm-hmm. aspect to it in the mm-hmm. way that they're using whatever they're doing or the way they frame it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Tesla isn't Tesla because it was like, you know, not creative.
1: They just thought, oh, this is going to be like a normal car. You know, just plug it in. <laughs> we'll yeah, make yeah. it happen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, it, they're doing it, you know? Oh, cars can drive themselves.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh So, it's true. Well... It
1: it all... It's that kind of old-fashioned. Yeah. That was another thing that I needed to get away from to see, because it was like my father, you know, rather pretty successful. My mom, really amazing painter, had some, you know, earlier success, had a gallery, but then really it was harder for her to keep that going in terms of, she's always been like a prolific painter, but seeing that, um, I think affected me. Like I had to see how being a female artist, I could be in the world because I think the art world I grew up in was pretty much a boys club. Yeah, kind of thing like it was like the light and space movement um like really great work and I knew all these artists but it was kind of like I didn't see how I needed another model in the in the art like as a career I knew how it was made at home and but I didn't I think I needed to see what that would be
0: yeah well, did you find that through sort of, well, once you started getting into art history of the books and stuff, through those artists? Yeah, I mean, I, artists, I, I
1: did. The, the I, my mom was the one that showed me art that really in, made me ex, excited about art. Like, when you're all of the art I saw on the everyday level growing up, you know, abstract painting, um, minimalist sculpture, like, I don't know that didn't spark it for me when I was a kid like right. you're looking at, you know, a Larry Bell box like it's not, you know, a painting. It doesn't it doesn't capture like the 7-year-old mind right. or mine in the way that looking at paintings at the National Gallery did, for yeah. example. No, so I totally I credit agree. my mother with that, with that teaching me about about art in that way, visual
0: well, looking, um, looking at any genre, like abstract expressionism or minimalism or whatever yeah. it is, you can find, because because women were so decanonized, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and, and marginalized, you could still find the kick-ass one who snuck in through the door exactly. of the boys' club... And it holds, if not better than a lot of that work. I know. The Lee Krasners, the Frankenthalers, the Joe Bears, the whoever, Jay Defoe, you know. Exactly. Through time, you know. So that inspiration's there. You just have to dig for it. It's not given to you.
1: No, I mean, and what's interesting, when I went to the artist that made me, I think I had to just find that, I don't know, maybe it was like, A way to see something reflected in myself or like that kind of like I I remember looking at a book of and I was like Eva Hess okay I get it like I I but I think it was more of like a romantic idea of this is a picture this is New York like the images of her on the bow in the Bowery studio, yeah. you know? On the roof. It's like I could yeah, I yeah. could that was like a romantic idea for me that I just like fell in love with and then from there it clicked. Yeah. Did you ever
0: yeah. I mean this is a jump, but did you ever read Ann Truitt's books?
1: Yeah, I read that one day book.
0: Man, those are so day good. And it's like yeah. the flip. It's like right. the 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 raw honesty of just being an artist, which I think is, yeah, beautiful. and
1: I think the vulnerability of like the Eva Hess diaries, so it connected like psychology and her process it it made it made sense to me, yeah, whereas I think abstraction growing up with that, I didn't feel a way in for me until I could. You know, what, you know what I'm saying yeah like it's it's
0: it, like language where I think it
1: I think like i I appreciated things um on a formal level, yeah, and i I can see where like i always that was just the the wallpaper that was just everywhere that was just life, yeah, you know and then but getting away in and seeing it on a more personal level for an artist, which sounds funny because I'm in and in the family, <laughs> right but uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it, it, it's really interesting to well, when you so you had that background, mm-hmm. so you had a framework, but you're pushing against it.
1: Yeah. But then when you went to New York, else.
0: did it start to?
1: It was before New York that I I knew. I mean, in high school, as a kid, I always it was either dance or doing something. You know, I was drawing and and doing you know ceramics and stuff but i didn't ever feel i could own it when it was art right i think because i felt like oh um it's i'm not it's just not it's not mine so i was um always looking for that thing so um yeah and then when i i went to so it was my like sophomore year of college i was just like oh i have to do this this is it just made sense it clicked I don't know I was taking I was you know you take as an art history major you take art class and then yeah it was just the one I loved I just from then on it was the decision and then everything progressed from there and then I moved back to LA for a year and then um basically had to figure out how to live in New York you know? and I, love- I and then I just showed up there <laughs>
0: <laughs> right yeah I love the the decision Like kind of like the LeBron James thing where he decided to go to Miami. They called it the decision.
1: (laughs) The decision. You're like,
0: I'm going to do it.
1: Well, also it was like, I think part of it, you know, you have to, everything sort of has to start in New York. If you're going to do this, you have to go there. Like that's where it is. LA just, it just, since it just didn't, I think I really didn't like LA (laughs) When when I was, when I, I was I needed somewhere else, yeah, I found it kind of um i had I really wanted the way New York works. I wanted to be able to walk around right and to feel a city in a way that I couldn't hear
0: I wonder too, um, because so your parents met in New York, right mm-hmm. and I imagine yeah. they spent time there,
1: yeah, they lived together for like two years and like various lofty situations like
0: in the literal sense made um,
1: they made white cake that's how they survived or something like
0: white cake
1: yellow cake i don't know that kind of they just like get boxed cake and oh right
0: make it. <laughs> <laughs> i didn't know if that was a code word for something <laughs> they were selling drugs on the corner yeah <laughs> yellow cake what's <laughs> yellow cake no oh, just yellow cake right yeah yellow cake. they were baking yeah that's pretty I cool guess. Just to give well maybe you absorb some of that New York like magic I'm sure. of when they met.
1: Like that's what you do. Right.
0: Yeah. It's like like right now I teach at Penn State. I mean I'm on mm-hmm. sabbatical, but normally I'm driving, you know, there on Tuesday and back on Thursday and I drive for four hours each way and I love driving. And yeah. I was like, Is that my dad's truck driving? Like in my blood?
1: <laughs> hey. That could be.
0: I love it. I love being on oh. the road. Just something like meditative and beautiful about the open road.
1: As opposed to traffic.
0: Traffic sucks. Or do you mind that? Yeah, okay. Yeah, traffic's the worst. Although in New York, we don't really have traffic. Like LA traffic. Uh
1: Uh, I hate driving in New York.
0: Uh, But it's not, LA is like you just sit there on a highway.
1: No, 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 no. There's times, it's just time of day. Time of day. There could, yeah, LA has horrible traffic, but it's nothing like... New York I just my husband loves driving in New York I you do. can be honk you can honk your horn you can be aggressive I hate it so it's just what you're used to like I I the freeways move sometimes yeah, I love both Maybe of it just-
0: <laughs> I like the open road like when I'm driving in Pennsylvania there's nothing you know I like yeah. that but then I also like New York driving because I It feels aggressive. It's like a game. Yeah. It's like you all have to be on your toes and you have to be alert, you know? But I feel like maybe it's like someone who's like whipped like all the time and you just start to love being whipped or something. Like it's like some sadist like, you know. I couldn't get into it. Yeah. I I don't. Into the New York driving. It it is stressful, but Mm -hmm. that's the weird. I
1: think I was always afraid to run someone over. There was always a pedestrian.
0: That's true. Or bikes. Bikes are the worst. Yeah. Bikes. They yell at you all the time, and then they just blow through every. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, so I'm gonna get some hate mail from city bikers. Hearing... It's true though; they just, they're very brave. They they're hate... brave. I could never do it. Right. <laughs> I get zero hate mail. To be honest, that's that. Hey, you have to have a lot of listeners for that to happen. <laughs> this is maybe one day gloriously unlistened to. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, but. I, yeah, That's I do. What I'm hoping. I do like the energy of that. When I showed in L.A. and the little time that I spent there, mm-hmm. I don't like it. How's that for hate mail? Bring it, L.A. people. No, I I'm get kidding. it. It's just too fractured and separated. It is.
1: Listen, I, I. It's hard to you. You don't want to leave your house a lot. That actually sounds it's nice. Because it's hard to go somewhere. <laughs> I know. Sounds which beautiful. is nice.
0: Yeah. That's why I want to go upstate eventually or at least have something upstate.
1: Oh yeah. That it was yeah, when we we left New York cuz it was like we lived in Ridgewood and New Jersey. it was just like no. Oh, Ridgewood you know. Queens. Right, right. Ridgewood Sorry. the new place. <laughs> right. Ridgewood Queens. Um there was nowhere la- like we could I didn't want to go any further into Queens and couldn't really afford it anymore. So it was like either going to do upstate or move to California because I yeah. So, but upstate didn't make much sense because we didn't have any family there and we had a 1-year-old baby. So, we chose LA.
0: Are you are you enjoying it or not?
1: I am. It's it's you know, it's weird to move back to a place that's you grew up in and then everything's a little different. Yeah. Like you kind of mourn the the loss. Like I remember when that was the coolest movie theater, and now it's you know Target, and yeah, it's you don't want to be that person. Right. Like the city's so different, but I was doing that in New York already. <laughs> in like <laughs> two years, her. yeah. God, like, oh, this corner
0: is so different than it used to be. Right.
1: It's like, but um, I'm getting into it. It's much better for for having a kid. I'm I sure. Say. For I me. mean, during COVID, she's I'm outside sure. all the time. Yeah, she's outside. Yeah.
0: That's a nice thing. Yeah, in New York, yeah. it's like, you know, it's
1: tough. I mean, I don't know. If you have a backyard, if you have like a, you know, something.
0: Yeah. Uh, a three foot by eight foot balcony. Yeah. Does that count yeah. as outdoor space?
1: <laughs> That's what I used to have. <laughs> yeah. Right. That was big. That was a big deal. Yeah. yeah. No,
0: it is. Like if you can walk out of the apartment. That was amazing. It's a big plus. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it's all relative, right? Mm-hmm. art parents, all that stuff. It's all kind of like relative. What In college, so you, you started as art history and then you said, yeah. oh, well. Well, I, and I stayed with
1: it. I stayed with it and just took lots of art classes because it was a liberal arts school, Skidmore College. I know Skidmore. Saratoga Springs, yeah. yeah. Um, But, yeah, I think I just wanted to... Get away and go somewhere completely different than LA. So I knew I didn't want to be in a city, and it was just that kind of like college experience, right. you know, like to um, try something else. But and uh, what was the painting
0: like in school?
1: I did not paint there. Oh, I really? did not paint there. I I felt like I just took. Um, I kind of. <laughs> I kind of just did my own thing like I made work in my in my on my own like I did the basic classes but I did not I'm kind of like self-taught in a way like I did not go I didn't take classes there that were like a painting class I mean I've taken I think I took like the all the drawing classes and stuff like that but yeah as far as painting it came to that much later
0: I was going to say, how did you, because a lot of people catch fire in school. You know, you get that teacher that inspires you or a class or.
1: No, no. It just was like I had to go through that process by myself. And then I think just progressed into once I left, once I graduated school, I took, um, I just painted a lot and took classes like for a year when I got home and and then i actually did the studio um the new york new york studio, studio school? school drawing sure. marathon yeah
0: yeah those have been they've sponsored this podcast on occasion
1: oh i did that right when i moved to new york nice. so that was kind of great do you just like
0: do you, you know. think having the ability to maybe not take those like upper level painting classes and just do it on your own like outside or after was maybe facilitated a little bit by having that experience of seeing your parents do it professionally. Of course. course. Because most people who aren't exposed to that are like, wait, actually... wouldn't know
1: how to do it. I
0: have students who graduate like BFA and sometimes MFA and they get out and they're like, oh my God, what do I... And I warn them. How do I
1: set this up? I
0: warn them. I say, it's crickets when you get out of here because they all... There's too many people and like, you know, I just want to be out working. And then they get out and they're like, wow, it's quiet
1: yeah I think for me, it was always about being alone and like doing that, and the idea of being around a bunch of people wasn't really interesting to me, so yeah, I probably could have benefited from it, but
0: are you uh you know. not a people person
1: no, I am, but I think there's some I think that there was some anxiety like about I wasn't lo- really happy to do the crit stuff I think I there was some of that so I had to like I think I wanted to work through stuff on my own and then that happened yeah
0: so you so dodged the crits I, you no because then I oh. went to grad school oh no, why'd you ruin it Jeez. yeah <laughs> you kind of snuck through
1: <laughs> yeah. No. Then it's like all crit, all the. Crit. Yeah, it is. But um, yeah. I think I just knew I wasn't wasn't there. I needed to do my own thing. So, yeah.
0: Was grad school good for you? Um, Considering I'm sure it was a big <laughs> shift. Right? Uh oh.
1: Yeah, it was good. It was Hunter. Um, <laughs> that was which...
0: a. That was an odd <laughs> chuckle
1: it was good it was sort of like I just I was living in New York and I wanted to go to grad school so I guess it was about I had a cool situation when I moved there through my boyfriend at the time's friend they had a loft space in Nice. this was like ridiculous at that time so it was 2000 and it was an illegal space that I mean, illegal living, it was sort of in limbo. Like the person leasing the whole floor was uh, like in a lawsuit with the owners of the building. So you could just like pay what you wanted. It was this strange situation. <laughs> so, um, that yeah, was on White Street.
0: Those are like four words that New York has never heard.
1: It, because it was like, I mean, you had to pay an amount that seemed. Like, I would just go up and give them, you know.
0: Right. Market value-ish.
1: Not even. No, no. Ridiculous. Like, but you had to pretend you didn't live there. And there was, luckily, I had a sink and a toilet or something. And then, yeah. So, but that was amazing. So, I had that. And um, I was working for an artist. And then I was, I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'll do grad school. And so I went to Hunter because I could work while I was going and it was an amazing, amazing deal because you had a studio and because I had to get out of that space because they weren't in Tribeca yet though, right? No, no, they were in Hell's Kitchen. Okay. So I went there in 2003, no, 2004 and then I stayed till 2000, I guess I stayed about three years.
0: I thought you were going to say like 2012.
1: Yeah, and then I'm still. Yeah, yeah but that's what some people seem student. like when they're at Hunter. <laughs> but yeah, it was great. It it was. Um, but again, I feel like you really had to make your own world there because yeah. it's such a big program. No one really cares if you what you do, so it's kind of like
0: free reign. You
1: know, yeah.
0: You know that's why was, I didn't go to. It, it was probably incorrect, but. When I was choosing grad schools and touring them at Chicago Art Institute of Chicago, which I got a full scholarship to, it, it mm-hmm. just seemed so big. And then I talked to one student. Yeah. She was like, yeah, I haven't really had a crit yet. And I'm like, it's like spring I semester. Know. Like, wait. Yeah, that, that was like a red flag for me. I'm sure that was an anomaly. And I only talked to that one person in the studios. But yeah. it just seemed so big, you know. I think, yeah. But then it's it, it's what you make out of it, though, right?
1: I met, you know, great, great people. Like we really had to form our own group, and the professors for me were kind of just like peripheral figures that were there. But it was really about that building, and having a studio there, and being there all the time. Right. So it was great. Well, that's the inside it was, secret. It was like yeah, it's, it was it's it was the like community. being you know, it was just. A lot of people just went there to have a studio, <laughs> right,
0: in you know? the city. Yeah, it's like, yeah. well, you you get a studio in the city, and you you pay tuition. You know,
1: mm-hmm. and it's it, the tuition was at that time it was like twenty five hundred dollars a semester or something. What it's insane! There's yeah, studios that really are more than that. Crazy, it was crazy. Yeah, that was the thing. So, but I did have this idea when I went to grad school. I wanted it. To, I wanted to get like re i wanted to be re i wanted to reinvent i wanted everything so i i kind of didn't get the experience i wanted in a way because i wanted to be critiqued relentlessly and broken down but at that time you were were you when i don't know when you were in grad school but it was a very like professional time Uh, oh not grad students i was
0: in grad school in 99
1: but you do you remember that era? It was like everyone was mining grad schools for sh- shows. Yeah.
0: And- oh, oh, that in that sense. I thought you meant that they teach you to be a professional. No, no, no. no yeah, the, I, we had like you know Jerry Saltz was in our open studios and yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah, that that thing. I mean the Hunter Open Studios was sort of, it, and I really hated that. <laughs> I I didn't go there for that. I went there to like, break it down. Right. And and then I I was like, how did this happen? I'm you know everyone's got their studio set up like it's a solo show and that was not something I was wanting so yeah um that was an adjustment and just it was just like what the times were at you know it was just
0: yeah it's it's funny you know because again with grass is greener or at different strokes for different folks I mean you know when I was at Yale it was definitely a break you down kind of place Yeah, and yeah. there were certain people people who loved that intensity and there were others who just cracked they were gone I know. they just checked out and then there's people who go You. it's almost like there's no right program for everyone it's just right for certain people mm-hmm. but you have to be you know informed enough to know what you're going to get and you never really know, but, you know, you can yeah. have a sense.
1: And when I say broken down, I think I kind of mean, like, in a, in a kind way, <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Ritualistically like, beaten in right. your studio. Just, this is terrible. Just, <laughs> I wanted to be able to, like, take it all apart. Yeah. But, but that's what I ended up doing. It just felt more awkward because people surrounding me had, it had it, like, their stuff together. Right. It's like they already were showing in Chelsea or whatever, you know. It was just a strange time. I think I that think might that's be. It's kind of blown over.
0: Yeah. Well, it might also be a little bit of symptomatic of having a studio, like a program where you have a studio in New York exactly, City. Because people be like, yeah. oh, I'm going to go there and just. Then I could get critics yeah. and, and yeah. gallerists into my studio. It's right. It's yeah. closer than other people in Brooklyn, you know, in Ridgewood mm-hmm, or Bushwick. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Pro move on their part if they're yeah. trying to be savvy, I
1: guess. <laughs> right. Yeah, it felt a little bit like people just trying to pick the latest, you know. Yeah. Art star, but uh, you know, you just it it was a great place to really have the time and non financial stress. Yeah. Um, of it. That's
0: so. grad, you know. I think I was reading somewhere. I believe it was like uh, Rob Store talking about like what makes a grad school great. And I think if uh, I'm probably butchering it, but it was something to the fact that like, yeah, there's there's visiting artists and all that stuff is important, but it's really that community, the intensity of yeah. the, the beehive of like the studios Definitely. is really what you're getting. And that network of people for the rest of your life, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm still, I married one of them. Wow. It's a and, deep commitment. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I'm still really good friends with a lot of, people who went there so yeah yeah, it it was very positive for me
0: that's good well what Um, were you what were you making there
1: oh god what was i making i was making yeah i think before i went i was making work on wood so i got in with these like i'd take pieces of plywood and do these washy washes on them and then i'd go in with graphite and just do really small repetitive lines to make sort of like net Mm -hmm. shapes on them. And sort of the idea was like, if you looked at cloud mass or something like that. And when I got to Hunter, I think I felt like a pressure to, or not a pressure, but the I didn't feel like I could work on canvas. I felt like I needed to continue with drawing. So, um, I just was making these big time-based drawings where I would start uh, at one end and just um, make, use whatever material, like anything collage or ink or pencil or anything and like time myself doing it (laughs) And, um, and then end there. And I could never like rework, so... It was like punching the clock a work. Yeah, yeah, it was like... Nine to five. Sort like. of just like an open book, but I couldn't read, go back. And I'd actually dom- document it. Um, well, that's
0: breaking it down. Yeah.
1: Kind of. Uh, yeah, I guess. I, and I was, it was just, well, how can I, I'm just like, get new marks, get, open it up. And yeah. And then, you know, that was probably like mid-program. And then by just then eventually I was like making paintings. And then by the end, by my thesis show, there was like a group of large paintings where I was scraping into the paint. So I was still using like a linear, like getting linear marks. Um, and I was dealing with like the space, like a shadow space. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: It's a, it's but, the the metaphor feels a little like, you know, going in and just tearing up the soil, then the mm-hmm. repetitive motion of like raking the soil right. and making those lines and planting seeds. And yeah. then like slowly, like the color and the other stuff like grows out of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I actually, the garden metaphor is something I'm really into. That's like, the word. There's, I should have just There's this <laughs> book that I found and it's, it's about Miro and it's like, I work like a gardener. It's just so great That's pretty for cool. thinking about painting, like thinking about being a painter because it's like you put you sow the, you have your work going up, you sow the seeds, you can't be, if you're too impatient, if you're, it's all about like waiting for it to happen because so many times because I, I do have a garden, I have always have, even when I had like one room, I had like my sad geraniums that were straining for the light, <laughs> but I've always had that in my life so here I can like really do that and then in Bushwick when I I had a studio in Bushwick and there was like a window into this really gross little alley Mm -hmm. or not an alley but like the area between the parking lot and a wall oh right and I would climb out my window and I like made a garden (laughs) it's just (laughs) nice like with those rat poison rat boxes it's like on either side yeah it's just like what you'll do to find like a, what you, what I needed to do that as part of my practice almost. Yeah. Like, so. So that um, do you,
0: you've maintained that?
1: Yeah, I do. And I do that.
0: When I think the point and you were really, going to make was like, you were going to say something about rushing to something. Like- oh,
1: right. Because I, I think I need a lot to go on at once in my studio because I'll either get stuck or... Um, I'll just decide, like right now there's a bunch of like really awkward paintings in my studio. And then how'd they get in there? That's, that's just, <laughs> Don't you feel that way just sometimes? Have really awkward phase. Yeah, so you I've just have that. to like be with it. Yep. Sit with it. It's hard.
0: It is. It's awkward. Yeah. They just look at you and it's weird. They're
1: just there. And now <laughs> I, like I live with them. So I have a studio and then just like a, a house, I actually have a barn door that separates them. And so, yeah, just have to look at it all every time. Just look at it.
0: God, there's it's a fun. difference between Bushwick and L.A. Like if you mentioned yeah. Barn Door, you know you're dealing with a little better space situation. <laughs> yeah, a little better. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. So. Um,
0: yeah, it's like things in your garden that you accidentally grew, or they just weird plants, and you're like, "Well, I don't yeah. want to kill them, but they're here. What do I do with them? There. You know?" And then you right, find a way.
1: A lot of moving like transplanting like oh this is doesn't need to be here and then you like have to carefully take it over there put it there and move it's just it's a it's a good metaphor for the way I work yeah so yeah
0: so when you got out of school out of that Mm -hmm. like did you hit a post school because like when I was in school, I realized that I was making a lot of work. Like I was doing that kind of repetitive drawing stuff yeah. and it was like fractal based. Cause I took a class on fractals that blew my mind, right. but it was all like work related. It was like, look at all yes. the work I'm doing, you know? And then there's I,
1: something about, I'm, I really, I'm doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is... Like,
0: you can't deny, like, this is (laughs) a lot of work. You know, it's almost like, for me, it was a defense mechanism. And then I went to Skowhegan right after. No one cared at all. Like, no one gave you rough crits or anything. Everyone's like, hey, man, what are you working on? You know? And then I was like, I don't need to do that. And so I was willing to, like, you know, open a new door. Did you have that when you got out of school?
1: Oh, yeah. I think, what did I do? trying to think when I... What did I do after school? I think I I was making actually the paintings I was making by the end were much more open. I mean, I was I was just using that carving in technique, but but by then it was pretty loose. Like I had really been I was I had opened it up. So right after school I actually had a studio in Bushwick and I just made like a bunch of um diamond shaped paintings and they were almost like I just was keeping going with the idea of the space the the sort of like deep space and then shallow materiality on the front so it was just like playing with that and then um I had like a show in a little um Lower East Side gallery and uh that was like 2007 and then from there the work got more about, about carving in and more about um, like a pattern. And um, I got really into Sonia Delaunay. Oh, and yeah. like. Uh, That's good stuff. That stuff. Yeah. So uh, the idea of textiles. And then I actually made some, um, do you know, like the Willem Reich stuff? You were at Skowhegan, did you know about uh, like oh. the organ accumulator and all that? No,
0: how did Dude. I miss this?
1: <laughs> He's a big main a main figure um no pun intended. like he, <laughs> Sorry. he was someone who uh believed in orgone energy, which is like that sex energy that is like he saw it as the most vital um flow that everyone has to have in their bodies and it like cures everything I have no he thought you didn't ever go like on a field trip there because I know a lot of Skowhegan
0: no I mean there was some of that it's called the
1: Willem Reich Foundation Museum or something
0: there was some of that energy floating around Skowhegan (laughs) yeah I don't think we knew what it was
1: but um it
0: was the duck itch in the pond or something
1: (laughs) (laughs) but there's I took the idea of that because he would make these orgone. It's all, it was kind of dipping into that like out there um, psychology stuff and put trying to put like abstract painting into that realm. Yeah. So I was taking like the idea of Sonia Delaunay's um, pattern. So I would like paint um, on a canvas and then put that, and an organ accumulator is made, like there's a notebook on how you can make it. You you, you used to be able to, like, they'd give you a handout, how to make your own. You can get it on the internet. And it has, like, fiberglass, like the, and, like, netting, mosquito netting. And then you. it's just, like, you make, and it it's supposed to, like, contain heat. So once you put it on. So these blankets were displayed, like, on, um almost like a saddle rack kind of thing. So yeah, you could like wear them. It was like wearable.
0: This is like a whole nother world. Yeah. I don't know <laughs> if I'm ready for
1: <laughs> So I was interested in that stuff. I was doing a lot of that, like more opening up the, the paintings to different yeah. realms.
0: Um, well, did that, I mean, is it, what's the through way between that and what you're working on now? was this a slow migration or
1: I think it was concurrent. Yeah. I was make always made the paintings and then those would be like things. I I, I like like in addition to. But I always made the paintings and the paintings have um just been a ongoing process. I don't think the one the I think when I moved out of that Bushwick studio and then I moved one more studio before I left New York. No, I had a home studio in Ridgewood and then a storefront. Then I just kind of like got really into what I realized that it was. And I, I had like a really, I think the paintings connected to nature in a way that I didn't, I like in the Charles Birchfield sense sure. like abstracting um, and they kind of took off from there so
0: when you know I was getting some of that I f- maybe I'm wrong but I was felt like I was getting some of that in the watercolors that you'd like to work on paper yeah but,
1: definitely know. those um, so I think that my process is really intuitive so I make um a bunch of paintings and then i or i make a lot of drawings and then i make a lot of paintings and then it goes back and forth like looking at the drawings that i made and working back and forth but there's a lot of each other. iterations of the paintings um and some survive and some don't and some are some are quick and some are slow it's just yeah so it's like the a garden. process is really painful <laughs> It's like a garden, <laughs> yeah. Which can be very like painful the good day. when yeah, it doesn't yeah. come
0: out.
1: <laughs> yes, it's a painful. It's a painful. That painting behind and you then is it's really a high. nice. Yeah. I I hate what? bringing
0: up like references to visual things during this because I know people can't see it, but that painting is really nice behind you.
1: Oh yeah, that's that was a. Also, the paintings will start, and then I'll maybe sit there with it for like. It'll just be sitting there for you know. A few months or six months I mean when we moved here we had to we were doing some building and I didn't have anywhere to work so I did a bunch of stuff outside and a, I think some of the a couple of the paintings from the show had those as their underpaintings like they were just like I had an outside wall so I started them outside that was really fun like insects were getting in them and yeah, so, and then they just sat around, and then, like, they got re- reinvigorated. You worked so, back
0: into them. Yeah. That's a whole new meaning of, like, the paintings are full of life. I mean, if, like, yeah, things I are actually, that, like, flying into them.
1: Like, it's kind <laughs> of cra- I think I, I heard, I think it was Peter Doig who was working on some huge paintings, and he was, they were outside all the time, and it was just, like, they were part of, the outdoors eventually.
0: Yeah. I would, I would imagine it would affect the light that you have in a painting, painting outside. Maybe not.
1: Yeah. It's so bright. Yeah. I think, and LA, the, the, the light here is so different than New York. I mean, when I think about the light I had in my studio when I left, I, I, I don't think I, and I was, had a pretty large window, but it was just so different. I think the work's got to change.
0: It's like, new, it's like dirty light.
1: Yeah, it's dirty. <laughs> it's just not it's so, like clean. It's so much, it's so much, what is it? It's just whited it out. It's not, yeah, it really, they really should think about making movies here. It's very, the light's really good.
0: Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> you should pitch that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and yeah, some of the, the greatest light painters, I think, you know, from mm-hmm. Southern California
1: mm-hmm. or
0: California in general. It's just all different sensibility yeah
1: you know it's i noticed about the outdoors yeah, yeah
0: there's well i really like the paintings in that show and um i noticed a lot of that underpainting stuff it felt mm-hmm. like there was a history there and i yeah. am of the ilk who believe that if there's a life underneath it's whether you see it or not you can kind of feel it you know
1: it's true those do have those do have kind of like a history because they were they were paintings i made when i mean i don't know it, it, trying to paint with a kid around is an fun. interesting thing it, ha- it it's it's fun but like i have to ch- i had to change i had to change my working i have to be more open to interruption and you know it has to be more porous which is i agree it's good. It's good for me. I'm, it's a, it makes me, I've had to open it up. So. Well,
0: they do that yeah. for our life. I would, unless you're oh, a sociopath, man. I think, uh, you have to be more outgoing and doing stuff you normally wouldn't do. And, you know, they open you yeah. up to things in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you, you know, unless you want to be completely anxiety written or neurotic, you, it bleeds into the way you work too. Otherwise there's not I mean, enough hours in the day to, 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 do things exactly like you have to just cut not cut corners you have to not sweat every single thing you know what I mean you or really else have to let it go. you'll go crazy my
1: sense of control has had to really lessen yeah yeah,
0: it's part of it I think it um, makes us um, better humans, in a way. I think so, too. Because I know some people who... Uh, I'm not trying to... Here comes some more hate mail. Um, people who don't have kids, and they're just so self-involved. You know what I mean? It's like...
1: Yeah, you can't be, unless you're a terrible parent.
0: Yeah. yeah. They're out there.
1: I know. I've been reading about them.
0: I met their kids. They're horrible. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um. <laughs> so here's uh this is a left field question and i'm sure you're ready for this yeah. um i like questions what music do your paintings sound like
1: uh so not music i would listen to while nothing painting.
0: to do with taste this has nothing to do with taste it's if you were to assign a musician or a song or something to the way your paintings look who would who or what would it be
1: Hmm. I mean, I think there's two sides. I want to say the Cocteau twins.
0: Okay. I could see it.
1: <laughs> but I, I. I haven't listened
0: to them in a while.
1: Yeah. They were like. There's this kind of in it psychological, like there's this space in them, right? That's like floaty and atmospheric. Mm-hmm. But then there's this lyrics are very internal. So they're about states of mind and it's almost like checking in and where am i and in it's so i feel like that makes sense for them.
0: I I can totally see that.
1: Okay, yeah. But let me There's guess something wing... a little bit ethereal but then grounded in reality. Right. So it's not
0: totally out. It's got that right. connection to the emotional and the the lyrics yeah. really anchor it in that sense which creates yeah, a good like, tension between the two i think that's why they're good
1: yeah and um there's something dreamlike about the the music and also i think my paintings can have that kind of dream quality but also feel rooted in like oh that feels like a landscape or that feels like an animal you know so there's something there yeah
0: um it's just a fun game to i like that think of you probably listen like drake in the studio
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know what i have a hard time i like i don't like to choose unless i'm like really stuck on if I'm like got something in my head, but I don't like making another decision in what I'm going to listen to. Do you like the <laughs> you know shuffle? Saying? Do you like a, like a shuffle? No, playlist? I just like, I'd rather have like a person on the radio do oh, okay. it for me. I don't even want to make that decision on the shuffle. Like I like to just not, I want it almost like something that I'm not in control of that can just be like there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I don't know. I heard, I heard like, Rauschenberg used to always have the TV on in the studio, like just like as a background. Yeah, makes I sense. I think that it keeps you from getting to, um, it keeps you on a certain level I, that you can I agree. go in, you know? You know? I yeah. kind of like that because when I, yesterday I put something on and I think it completely screwed up my, vibe i told you like not I, to listen I, to
0: metallica while you're painting
1: <laughs> no i almost think that would be better it was something like that i used to listen to and then
0: oh you know, it sent you down you, memory lane or something
1: yeah or, or just kind of yeah like it's just it wasn't good yeah
0: i love that you have that much of a investment you know like it it, it affects you in that way
1: yeah can you listen to the same music you listen to like in your tw- 20s and 30s like do you? Um, I would.
0: Well, so music is like cute. Like you know, right. I'm all over. I'll listen. I'll go through fits and starts of you know going. Like lately, I've I've had you know a few days here and there where I'll go back like down memory lane and listen to stuff from like when I was in college. And it, mm-hmm. it's weird. It's like so different, but I I love it in a way. But it's so yeah. I'm so separated from it. Yeah. But then my kids got me listening to hip hop like crazy, like this new stuff that's like really oh, out and you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm all over How the old place. is your kid? He's almost 15.
1: Oh wow. Okay.
0: I know I'm old. I get it. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. I mean, that's like, I'm afraid of that age. Oh know? no, don't be, like, be afraid of where you are fun? now. Okay. The five?
0: Yeah, that's actually, it's fun. It's
1: so sweet. Yeah. You know what it but is? But so hard.
0: <laughs> I was just listening to Jerry Seinfeld talking about it, and he was talking about mm-hmm. how every age is like, God, it's ups and downs, and it's kind yeah. of like the same the whole time. So certain yeah. things get way easier, and other things get harder, you yeah. know? So it's just, you know, teenagers I guess I, the more
1: like the technology stuff is what I'm looking at. I'm like, how am I going to deal with that? How do you deal with that? Uh, our parents said the are same doing? thing about
0: TVs. They thought we were just going to sit there like a zombie in front of a TV, so, you know. But
1: like you got? Does your kid have a phone? Obviously. Oh yeah,
0: he's yeah lives on it.
1: He's I
0: know. So. It's a social network. It's how he, it's how kids okay. communicate now. You know. It's just that's the way we've gone. Thanks, Steve Jobs. <laughs> it's dark. I don't know. I I don't. I I think when he when he was younger, I was more worried about that but i think it's they learn learned to navigate just like the world's dark if you look at it that i keep way.
1: hope oh yeah i keep hoping like by then social media will be over nope. like for kids they'll think no but already like kids don't like instagram
0: oh yeah but there's something else
1: they have their own thing yeah
0: <laughs> yeah we don't even know what it's called
1: yeah they we aren't we called, like
0: we and it's just something like you know <laughs> streaming it's just <laughs> their face distorted and they <laughs> I mean, I being around that age, and then I also, you know, I work, I, I run a soccer club with like youth soccer, so I, you know, deal with kids who are, like seven years old to like eighteen years old, and it's mm-hmm. just so interesting how different and like tapping into like their life and how they see things is really cool. That's cool. And It makes me feel old. <laughs> I know. Oh well, I know. happens the best. To we us. just
1: have to. You, you'll you'll be younger though by associate. You'll just. You'll stay young. Yeah. They, learning what they learn.
0: They will tell you there's nothing more cringy than an old person trying to stay young.
1: <laughs> it's true.
0: Actually, there's nothing more cringy than an older person saying cringy. So I apologize to my <laughs> eight to 18 year old demographic. <laughs> uh,
1: so you, yeah. Do you, um, does your kid want to be an artist? No. No.
0: He's in film. He's in a film program, hmm. so which is Close. creative right Yeah, i think a lot yeah. of kids nowadays like video and film stuff because so much of it they
1: it's there it's there what they're yeah. in you know it's accessible to yeah. do
0: they're swimming in it i mean i grew up playing music and skateboarding because that's what everyone did <laughs> you know it was like what are we going to do we're going to grab a guitar and play some music or we're going right. to go out and, and skateboard what? at the skate park yeah. or something so yeah. you know you kind of get into whatever's cool at that moment. And right now mm-hmm. video content is like where culture is created, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's sort of, they, it's intrinsic to them. We're, we're Does the generation. Did he talk
1: to you about it? About? It's like he, about like what he's making and what.
0: Oh yeah. That he, whole thing. Yeah. We, uh, so his, one of his projects for school was to do a mini documentary. So he did it on an artist who's a friend of mine. Oh. So we went to the studio and did the whole thing, interviewed, and, you know, it's cool. Cool. Yeah, there's some yeah. crossover there. I mean, I know I'm yeah. not cool right now, but <laughs> later on it'll work out, I think.
1: He, you're not cool? No, yeah.
0: no, no one. Between, You'll yeah.
1: You know those kids, they're just like, you've heard about them? They think their parents are cool? I've, I don't know. I've, Maybe they're just lying to their parents. Yeah,
0: yeah. I've, I'm not aware of these children you speak of <laughs> introduce me to one of them <laughs> no yeah there's a couple who are kind of sort of like enlightened or something but yeah
1: <laughs> i don't think mine's gonna be no it's it's probably
0: for the best anyways yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you don't want to be too i know right you know like and
1: then they never
0: they're like 16 years old and they're like dad let's hang out and you're like wait a minute dude." And they don't differentiate yeah, yeah. are you supposed to be hanging out with your friends no i really right. like you're so cool it's like no you don't, you don't <laughs> want that <laughs> that's not cool yeah. <laughs> so um uh. well other than one more question on the whole music thing did you uh-huh. did you listen to a lot of music growing up did you play any music? yeah i mean
1: the thing about la is you're in the car a lot so you're that's listening true. i think the best place to listen maybe this is why you like driving you listen that's what all you can do is listen oh, right Music's
0: so good in the car yeah i love so it so
1: good in the car yep so that's a lot of it we're like really good radio stations here Yes, and yeah, really really into music. I mean, I went to everything, like from I don't know what did I see, like Cypress Hill, nice at the Santa Monica Civic Center, Um, and probably got a contact high at that one. Yeah, they like brought out the big joint onto the stage. They like had one that they took to all the shows. It was ridiculous.
0: Classic. Good music
1: though, really good. Be real, um, but yeah, I saw, I saw, like, you know, that was like the era of Lollapalooza, yeah, all that. Were you into so, the
0: whole Sublime, like, no, that no. stuff?
1: I hate that stuff. Oh. I, I hate that stuff so much. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's
0: okay. It's all right. Just didn't know what the L.A. sound was. It like. was.
1: I don't know if I was in so much into like L.A. sound, but. You know would go to bands and then when i moved back here in 99 i went to this venue called spaceland a lot oh yeah which no. did you and they had everything they had like the Mekons, like part of the Mekons played there like these are just ones i remembered. like this band ghost this really cool band um Wait, I feel just like saw I love that band they're japanese
0: oh um, right right I, yeah yeah
1: yeah they were really amazing. I'm just thinking things that pop out. But yeah, that was something I like to do. Um and I listened a lot in high school, you know. It was like Nirvana and all sure. that and all that stuff. We had really good music then. Yeah, it
0: was then. a yeah, the 90s. Is that what you're amazing. talking? You're talking yeah. 90s? Yeah, it was yeah. good stuff. Uh, both
1: and like Tribe Called Quest. Uh, that was so, so good. Yeah.
0: I mean, you had the best of both worlds in the ninety, I think, or all the world because you the you know, grunge and all that stuff was like new and really good. And then you had great rap. Like yeah. and then R and B was really good in the nineties. Yeah.
1: Like really yeah, good. Yeah, it was it was great. It
0: was a good time. So And you had uh, you know, uh, Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh that tap it off.
1: <laughs> that figured in a lot.
0: It did. And Melrose yeah, that Place. I mean that in. was a big like, part of it all came together
1: (laughs) yeah but then i think when i went to um when i went to undergrad that's when like more i learned all about like indie music so right did you go see it was yeah i saw some of it and then um but and then learned about early music like i got really into like the vaselines and like all that and all the Manchester stuff I was really Stone into. Stone roses. Like Stone Roses was obsessed with it. Like that stuff was my like Happy Mondays. Oh Happy did you Mondays? You know
0: what's funny when you said cocktail twins, I thought you'd probably like Lush.
1: Yeah, I liked L I liked Lush, but I loved Stone Roses.
0: They were good so live too. Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Oh and my bloody Valentine. You know, that yeah. stuff was
0: Ride, Swerve Driver, you name it, blur. Blur kind of stemmed down yeah. to that, but
1: yeah. but you know,
0: slow dive.
1: Once I once I let slow dive, that's a little.
0: It was nice. Morose. I know, but it was nice, though, yeah. wasn't it? No, I like. And then it I realized how record.
1: much of that music affect, like, got me into a certain mood. Oh
0: yeah, like spiritual. And I can't. Puts you in like a zone. Yeah, I didn't
1: go to. I, yeah, and.
0: that's a deep end to the pool.
1: <laughs> I just, it's, I can wallow there, so I just like. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I think I kinda like the Happy Mondays. They like get you out of there. Yeah, they're more
0: upbeat. Like the Verve would be a good like in between. Yeah. But yeah. But then
1: I liked then I went more into like can and stuff like oh, that. Oh nice. So, you know. Yeah craft work. And I really love Aphex Twin and,
0: Whoa, you have good music yeah. taste. Boards of well, candles. I just
1: Yeah, I like them. I liked like golden palominos. Whoa. Did you know them? No. They were sort of like this electronic Yeah. Better write that down.
0: Golden Palominos? Yeah. What is that?
1: Kind of obscure. I remember listening to them in, like, 97? Yeah.
0: Well, you learn something new every day. (laughs) (laughs) I love hearing, like, a new band that I've never heard of before.
1: Yeah, I mean, but now I'm really, I'm pretty bad about keeping up.
0: It's okay. It's a full-time job.
1: Like, I (laughs) listen. I just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I ha- If I looked at what I have, like downloaded on my phone, it's so kid related. Oh uh, well, come it's on. Like, I mean that was... Encanto. Wait, what's and, that? You know, come on. I'm. Uh, you he's don't know old. what Encanto the movie is? No. See, anyone with a kid, age probably ten and under, has to. It's the latest Disney movie that has a huge soundtrack by Lin Manuel.
0: Sorry. I've dated okay, out of you're, that. You're genre. really
1: lucky that you don't know what Encanto was. <laughs> well, is. I
0: mean, you know, I've
1: Like what was the movie what your kid had?
0: Uh Cars.
1: Okay. It's the it's Right. Huge.
0: The equivalent. It's I the mean people. I Thomas the Tank Engine, I invested more money. Oh, she's
1: in. watching that now. Her new thing is she watches this Thomas the Tank Engine movie with Alec Baldwin yep. in it and he shrinks down and it's really I think it was made in like two thousand. It's really funny. She likes it.
0: Yeah, he was in all that blues clues. Yeah. I could tell you all yeah. about that stuff. But yeah, it, I've, I've graduated out of that. Now it's like, wow. you know, Inception and stuff like that. And, Whoa. And, uh, what's the Dune and those kind of movies. Yeah. And cool. it's all about the cinematography.
1: Oh, that's really, that's great. Yeah, it's you pretty cool. You talk about that all the time. Yeah, you so when, watch you're, when
0: you're sitting there <laughs> watching the same <laughs> And Thomas the Tank Engine episode for like the 30th time.
1: Uh, I'm always just like Could be cooking, comforted
0: in um, the fact yeah. that it's no, my yeah, I was never allowed to do anything else. It was like you, but you know
1: what the, I'm exposing her to, which is probably bad. Can? But I have her watch <laughs> no, like Snow White.
0: Oh, yeah
1: because i am a i love early dis- like fantasia oh, and all Fantasia's
0: that Oh, fantasia is so good. Fantasia
1: is like what i want my work to look I like.
0: I joined a club. I'm okay. right there with you. Mine is a mixture of like Bugs Bunny and Fantasia. That's my sweet I mean, spot.
1: I just love it. I think that beautiful. Fantasia and like Snow White is so and Pinocchio Have you watched these lately? Yeah, they're I amazing. Mean, it's stunning.
0: I love it's, the old like, school. Like Pinocchio
1: hours. has a scene with with Monstro, the whale that looks like a Japanese woodcut, it's just gorgeous, yeah, it's so, good stuff,
0: I mean, some of the content we know is that. you know,
1: no, the content I'm like look, but, I grew least, up
0: on really I, yeah. racist cartoons, yeah. and like yeah. i'm I'd like to think of myself as a pretty like you know, so yeah. I think you know that stuff
1: i mean the the it's not the most feminist thing I could have her watching, but it's almost like. She's not even, she doesn't even, I don't know. Afterward, I say something about the prince and the kiss and whatever, but like you don't have to marry him. I
0: think they, don't they figure it out with the social context that we're in?
1: I think so. For this, it's just, it's just the, she loves just the animals. She's, she basically thinks she can talk to animals. So anything where, you know, Disney has all just that cheesy animal stuff that is so well done, they do it so well in the,
0: 40s maybe are you planning on having another no okay i was gonna say if you have another daughter you could just like raise her on nothing but like riot girl documentaries and see what happens
1: (laughs) i kind of feel like she gets both they do yeah they figure so i'm trying to do it all i think
0: parenting and just the way you approach the world the way we see the world they pick up on that you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah
0: that's why if you're an asshole, you don't even have to teach your kids to be an asshole. They just, they just get it from you. It <laughs> <laughs> or yeah. not equating the two. If you are a painter or an artist, yeah. the kids are going to want to be creative, I think. Or they'll oh, have no. it. no.
1: It's like we, she has a studio it. right next to mine. Nice. She's like, kids, I mean, did your kid paint with you? He
0: didn't. Like maybe three times ever. He just never did it.
1: That's, that's interesting. I feel like, was, but when he did, were you like, this is so good? Did you? I mean, I just think kid art is just.
0: Oh, I loved it. It's like, it's it's that six degrees of separation thing or whatever, where they talk about like second grade is third grade's too self self-conscious first is like look, but second grade's like all Matisse's.
1: Amazing.
0: Every painting is a home run because they just don't care. Everything with
1: her. She's just in it. It's just.
0: It's the it's best awesome. thing
1: to watch. It's the best thing to be around for me. And thinking about like being more open, that has been what I've loved. I've loved it. Like I'll be painting. She's like, can I have some of that color when I'm not using oil paint? If I'm using like ink right. and she's just like makes a whole book. It's so cool. Yeah.
0: You know, what's funny too, so. it, they don't, I don't think they think that differently about it from like when they're baby just like hand painting or when they're like in sixth grade and trying to make a face. We love that period, I think, because it reminds us of what it was like to not have the pressure or whatever, just be yeah. free and easy. Yeah. So we're like going ape over it. And they're like, what? Like, they're why are like, Yeah, I'm, I'm just made a drawing, doing. dude, chill out. And I'm like, know.
1: this is amazing.
0: And I'm like, framing. I'm it. like,
1: you just did all that. I know,
0: Picasso. <laughs> and then they're just like, what? <laughs> yeah.
1: They're like, I'm done. I'm going to go. <laughs> Like okay, this is like living
0: <laughs> vicariously for through our kids because yeah, because as artists, freeness. Free-n- yeah, I feel yeah. like we're always trying to, or at least well, I don't want to speak for everyone, but I feel like as we do it longer, we're always trying to get back to that moment when we first caught the fire of it, when the world was like open, the sky was a limit, and you could do anything, mm-hmm. and then you just kind of get it, or not that you you get the framework of it. You understand that it's this thing. The magic is still there, but you're always trying to capture that magic. That's why I like listening to music that I used to listen to in the studio as an undergrad because it makes me feel like that that era, but it never locks in. Yeah. Yeah. That's life, you know? Yeah. And as we were saying before, it's like, you give a little you know the grass is always Mm -hmm, it's like mm -hmm. as you get older you get wisdom you get like comfort you give less shits about that but but at the same time you don't have that energy and you don't have that like vigor of like oh it's all new you know so
1: it's and just endless time yeah yeah
0: that right yeah
1: right (laughs) well um, what are
0: you working on now these paintings that are weird
1: these weird paintings because you know I I have like a bunch of small paintings that um I may always make like 11 by 14 it's a nice size. just as like just make them kind have like them those. and I'm kind of thinking of them as a sequence or sort of like animated something that nice. they could go together and um just there's they're just like quicker and I can go back in, and then I have the i guess I always work in a series of the and right now I've been really thinking of the paintings in relationship to each other, and like um these these paintings are the same as the size and the shelf, so they're just not very not that big, but they're same themes same themes, but thinking about them being more what they are. (laughs) Right. I get it. Like like what's the essential here? What is it?
0: And it's like serial. Like there's, there's multiples.
1: Yeah. And I think I need to see things. I have to work on a bunch to see what it is. I think that's the way I work. I mean, do you work like that or do you like hone in on one painting? At a time. I
0: usually do one painting at a time yeah. or else. Oh, unless they're in different places. Because I work mm-hmm. between different studios. studios. But, yeah, I generally work one at a time just because I feel like I'll start cutting corners and using paint from this one on the other one. or I don't know. I like to focus. Yeah. Or else it gets like... Uh, but my work is like an image. I'm yeah. not exploring what the image will be or whatever. I'm not...
1: You know. Yeah, right. it's, it's
0: kind of like laying down tracks one at a time because I wrote a song... As opposed to just sitting in a room and jamming with like eight musicians and letting the song mm-hmm. emerge. I love that stuff. I wish I did that. I just don't write songs that way. It's, I don't paint you know that
1: what? way. I feel like your process makes, would be so much more conducive to child rearing <laughs> because you can like go do that, right? You lay down that track. You've yeah. planned it. It's methodical.
0: It is. Do you feel that way? Yeah, Whereas definitely. I'm
1: just like jam band and then have to go and it's like, wait, the thing didn't emerge yet. Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. You know, that's, so that's where it's a struggle.
0: Yeah. I feel guilt about it because I have friends whose work <laughs> is like labor intensive to the nth degree. Like it's so time consuming uh-huh. and my stuff is pretty simplified or flat. It's like, you know, like I love Ukiyo-e and Japanese print. Like I like yeah. a sort of simplicity. I didn't engineer that. So it'd be easier for me to work. Cause like no, I've always but, worked a lot. Like, so I would just make do more a lot of layers. Yeah. Yeah. But, or I would just make more paintings to build out right. what a group of paintings is. But yeah, I mean, I could use a hairdryer. I use acrylic. So it makes my life easier. Yeah. So yeah, I can be productive and still have a lot of other stuff going on. Like,
1: cause it's like that thing where I feel like I can spend a whole day in the studio and still be, I just have to, you know, you have to accept, like, that day in the studio, maybe it was a shitty day, but still, that's what it is. That's part of, it's just, that's what it is. Yeah. It's like if you were a writer and you had to throw away that draft, it's just, like, what it is.
0: Well, conversely, a lot of my life, like, what I'm doing, looking at traveling experiences, I mine that into the work. So, I'm also, like, the jam band element of my process is me being out in the world world. and I'm trying to reflect that in the work that I'm doing Mm -hmm. so I also
1: I'm thinking more like so much of the time in New York walking around the city being out in the world uh is part of a process as an artist right as a painter or whatever so I have to start thinking about that accepting more of that as the work you know like everything is part of it I like that open life into the work idea yeah and I think that that's part of where I want to be with it like accepting like yeah maybe like just sitting here struggling with this is not gonna help me as much as like going on a walk right right <laughs> going doing something yeah
0: no i've yeah. I've taught myself more and more to let that happen to let it the outside to. in but there's some yeah. people where it's got to be hermetic like it's got to mm-hmm. be the the lab that nothing comes in it's like i make it i recreate the universe each right. time here and right. if they try to like let it be road mapped it destroys the magic of it, or something. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. listen, if you don't call your next show Jam Band, I'm going to be slightly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying.
1: One, one woman band. One <laughs> woman jam band. Yeah,
0: exactly. That sounds like a good, yeah. actually, pretty good title. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately started thinking about who are the one women jam bands? Oh. You need a lot Women of,
1: don't really jam band, do they? Not
0: much that I know of. Mm. I mean, there's some improvisation.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was listening to the Raincoats the other day. I don't know the Raincoats well. Oh, you got, yeah. I'll check it. They're kind of like, I feel, you know, it's that like kind of punk learning their instruments jam bandy nice. thing. yeah, yeah. I like that. That
0: sounds good. You know, uh yeah. the breeders were just, Amazing. yeah I loved them I mean yeah no one like them so good very good. So good did you like that dog do you remember them
1: I remember that I remember that wait was that
0: uh Rachel Hayden wasn't she in it Charlie Hayden's the, daughter
1: they were actually yeah they were like LA people they yeah, were dog. yes yeah Charlie
0: because yeah. they were it was they were in the rentals too which was a great band yeah with Matt Sharp from Weezer yeah yep yeah. It's good music. <laughs> well, um where can people uh check out your work?
1: Um my name. Speaking of
0: which, my is it is that M Y N A M E dot org? <laughs> <laughs> you, yes. You have a great name.
1: Oh thanks.
0: It's it's very yeah. it's a real Deal. There's
1: a lot of L's, right?
0: there yeah it is it's just there's something poetic about it it's not your garden (laughs) variety you know no offense jane martin or whoever (laughs) i mean it's a nice cadence it has a flow it's like
1: almost like one word yeah when it's written yeah
0: have you ever listened to ariel m
1: no listen to ariel pink
0: ariel pink is yeah see i I took the left turn you went to the right (laughs) check out ariel m He's amazing. Oh, yeah, he's funny.
1: It's another aerial
0: with a, I wonder if his music's hard to find David Pageo, but uh, it's really good.
1: What kind of music?
0: It's like very Chicago post rock, simple guitar, like quiet, um, oh. moody, beautiful stuff. Cool. cool. All right. Well, um, so your name website, you yes. do social media.
1: I do. I do. And,
0: um, and you had a really nice show. Up recently, which I was very happy to go to. All right, well, thank you for taking all this time. It was great.
1: Thank you. This was fun.
0: Sound and Vision is recorded, edited, and produced by myself brian alfred you can check out more on the podcast especially images on instagram at sound and, vision podcast. and you can check out more about my work at brian or alfred studio many thanks to golden paint many thanks to fulcrum coffee and many thanks to ariel for taking the time to talk not only is why i make art the sound and vision podcast book out now Atelier Editions, but also we're going to do a signing and a a release event at Miles McHenry Gallery. It's going to be July 28th, Thursday night, and there's also going to be a group show at the gallery opening up with artists who are in the book, 511 West 22nd Street. Um, It's going to be great. I'll, I'll give the exact time of the opening coming up as we get closer still figuring that out but uh it's gonna be nice we're gonna have i think we're gonna have some grim ale on hand and um come on out check out the work check out the event and if you can't get to it if you're not in new york city uh you can support the podcast and you know support the book by going online and ordering at altilliereditions.com. you can also get it anywhere else you get books So many thanks for that, and many thanks for listening. We've got some great guests coming up, some really cool people that I think you're going to be interested in hearing from. So keep going, keep going. Thank you for your support.